I V M. Hello, 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 and back with another episode of Simplify. So, what are we going to talk about this time? Well, lots of stuff. Budget mostly, the leap year, yeah. the etymologies, the usual stuff. The usual stuff, yeah. Mm-hmm. Budget being the big thing, which just happened yesterday. We scrambled to record this in a studio. This is mostly yeah. ad lib that you're going to hear <laughs> yeah. today. Um, let's start off with a little bit of trivia about the headphones that you're wearing, Narin. Do you know what headphones you're wearing? Sennheiser. Yes, Sennheiser. Mm-hmm. Give it its full Christian name. Amartya Sennheiser. No. <laughs> <laughs> No, not really. Yeah. Uh, it's Sennheiser HD 201. I'll tell you something interesting about uh, all Sennheiser headphones, all Sennheiser headphones bar none. The left side of your headphone mm-hmm. has three dots okay. to help you identify them. Try them. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. See? Oh, okay. Yeah. So all of them, no matter which they come from, the cheapest, which is the CX 180 or whatever it is, mm-hmm. all the way up to the high-end ones, all of them have three dots over there. Okay. So uh, that's your left ear. Yeah, that's the left ear. So all, uh, yeah, so uh, uh, unless you reverse them, of course. So everybody who's listening to this with Sennheiser headphones, just try this. Pretty yeah. interesting little. Oh, this, this three dots is only for Sennheiser. Yeah, it's only for Sennheiser. I think others have their own uh, uh, identification marks, but I thought this is pretty good. I thought this is pretty good. Um so that's a little bit about review of Sennheiser. Shall we jump right into what happened yesterday? Yes. Two things happened yesterday. Uh, you're going to be talking about the more important one, of course, and mm. I am going to be talking about the leap year. Mm. Uh, it was a leap day yesterday, 29th of February, aka the day that you had to work for free. Mm. Yeah. So, do you know, I'm guessing everybody who's listening to this is smart enough to know why there is a leap year. It's because the earth is not, it's because a year is not exactly 365 days, it's a little bit over. Mm-hmm. So it's approximately quarter of a uh, quarter of a day, four day, every four years, this four, the, these come together to make one day. Now, here's the interesting thing. It's not exactly 365.25 days. Uh, it's actually 365.2425. Without mm. getting into too much of the complications, that means every four centuries, there are three extra days. So, mm-hmm. for example, 1800 and 1900 are not leap years, okay. whereas 2000 is a leap year. Oh. 2100, 2200 uh, are not, uh, 2300 are not leap years, 2400 is leap year, and so on and so forth. So, out of four century years, only one of them is a leap year. So that's how they maintain this overall balance. So 2000 was a leap year. 2000 was a leap year. 2400 will be a leap year. 2800 okay. will be a leap year. Okay. Yeah. That's so that's the way roughly it Roughly when uh, I think we'll be done f- paying off our home loan. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So that would be good, good, good yeah. to remember. Yeah. That leap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so what's there to know? The first known leap year was in 1582. Who, uh, one interesting ritual around leap year is, which started in Great Britain, I think, uh, women are uh, supposed to propose to men on mm-hmm. that day. And if the men turn them down, they're supposed to pay a little fine. Mm-hmm. Now the, yeah, the fine, uh, I think, is just something very whimsical, like a mm-hmm. drink or... Uh, you know something like that but I think it's pretty interesting I can imagine a lot of uh, people from our engineering colleges migrating to uh, <laughs> places where this ritual is a little much in custom um, a little other bit of trivia around uh, uh, leap years uh, in Greece marriage uh, on leap year is unlucky of course uh, just being in Greece right now can is generally unlucky. be considered unlucky <laughs> do you know what a person born on 29 February is called a, a frog 
इंसिडेंटली आई थिंक द फ्रॉग इज एक्चुअली द सिंबल ऑफ द लीप डे इन ऑस्ट्रेलिया इंटरेस्टिंग डे इनफ इट्स एक्चुअली नॉट दैट सरप्राइजिंग ऑल दो आई वुड थिंक दैट द ऑस्ट्रेलियंस वुड चूज द कैंगरो लाइक मेक इन ऑस्ट्रेलिया नो इट्स कॉल्ड लीपलिंग एक्चुअली पीपल हु आर बॉर्न ऑन ट्वेंटी नाइन फेब्रुवरी आर कॉल्ड लीपलिंग्स डू यू नो एनी पीपल बॉर्न ऑन ट्वेंटी नाइन्थ फेब्रुवरी मोराजी देसाई येस मोराजी देसाई इज वन एक्चुअली अ फ्यू अदर नेम्स दैट वी नो मोराजी देसाई लॉर्ड बायरन एंड जा रूल द रैपर दैट बींग द ओनली टाइम दैट दोज थ्री नेम्स है uh rapping byron's poetry in jarul's voice <laughs> yeah actually when my kids were small they i i one day you know rashly attempted to explain the concept of light year so then my younger son was very you know sort of enthused about the whole thing but unfortunately he kept calling it leap year so like alpha centauri is 4.3 leap years away <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is very cute yeah, so it was very cute uh an other person who was born on a leap year a uh, leap day and i kid you not <clears throat> adolf blaine charles david earl frederick gerald hubert irwin john kenneth lloyd martin nero oliver paul quincy randolph sherman thomas uncas Victor William Zerses Yancy Zeus Wolfen Schenkenstein Horsen Graft Senior from Germany wow he had a christian name for every letter of the alphabet wow yeah so all the way from adolf blaine except i i won't get right so back into this quick brown fox jumps over the lazy yeah yeah so that, that, that that's old hat yeah <laughs> you uh, have are you fan of monty python by any chance oh yes <laughs> yeah so you remember the uh, sketch with the incredibly long german name <laughs> yeah yeah they, yeah, I, yeah so they uh, it was a name similar to this i won't bore the yeah. listeners with this mm-hmm. <laughs> uh so they would insist on repeating that name over and over again and the sketch the 90% of the sketch was just random people saying his name over and over again and he and a person actually died reciting his name <laughs> hilarious <laughs> sketch that was uh so yeah that's actually all that we have for you with respect to the leap year there's not much really it's uh always just another another regular day yeah yeah uh after the break we are going to come back and talk about the main thing that happened uh yesterday yesterday being of course 29th of uh, february uh, will be different when you hear this uh, podcast that is the union budget of india 2016 be, be right, right back, back. and great to have you back again and now the budget first a disclaimer there is a theory that man invented lang- language because of a deep seated urge to complain and my budget simplification is going to be justifying that theory a bit so apologies in advance because i keep whining and whining and whining whenever we talk about financial stuff right yeah but there are people who think that it was a great and progressive budget and probably is uh, so there are you know it's it's like the el six men of hindustan yeah. who tried to find out different facets of the elephant by touching and one fellow thought so and so forth yeah uh, as they say about economics uh, if there are five economists there will be five theories about something and if one of them went to harvard there will be six <laughs> indeed well the first noble truth of buddhism is usually translated as all life is suffering it is more accurately translated actually as life is filled with a sense of pervasive unsatisfactoriness wow such is the case with a budget each year at least as far as i am concerned there is this all pervading sense that something is not just quite right yeah 
and the finance minister reminds me of a guy who you know we all know these these guy at least in my generation in the in in the hostels there would be at least one guy who had a you know an amp and an equalizer yeah. and you try to improve the quality of the sound mm. by twiddling the knobs on the equalizer right and you can't do that right you mm. need to change the bloody tape that's the problem <laughs> <laughs> that's the same problem with the finance minister he's trying to twiddle the knobs okay but he is unfortunately can't change the tape he is he is bound by the you know the dictates of democracy and the constitution and everything like yeah. that he can't suddenly change over to some autocratic system yeah. uh, in your mba days narin did you ever play this thing called markstrat no okay so markstrat is a new fangled Mm. May they teach marketing. So what they do is, uh, this is basically a computer program, right? Mm. Uh, and the entire batch is divided into like groups of five or six, and they are all given a certain budget. Okay. Mm. Now with this budget, they can choose to divide that into one of various heads: uh, R and D, advertising. Uh, HR, whatever, 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 whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay, so five or six things in which you can suppose if my this quarter my budget is say one million dollars, I can choose as a CEO of that company or rather the board of directors of the company where to put that money. And then after everybody's brainstormed and like decided to split that one million across whatever, all these brands are now competing against each other. Okay, all the individual teams. And then after everybody's placed and stuff, everybody presses simulate, and in about ten minutes or something. everybody's intelligence is gathered together and rea- and you will see like how the market uh the sigas change how how the market uh, share has changed how perception has changed which brands consumers remember and stuff like that so it's abs- it's a, uh, as a game it's absolutely fascinating because you think wow i'm actually controlling something like if you put more money into r&d then your product will be better but your market share will be lower because you haven't advertised as much etc etc so the thing about marketing is exactly what you're saying when we sit down and do this we think we're doing some big intellectual thing like oh i'm going to use this formula and i'm going to change it. like and you think you're doing something absolutely but but in reality it's just like you know throwing a pair of dice it's like playing a game of ludo mm-hmm. i remember when uh, one of the uh, uh, one person from goa institute of management uh, i remember one of the posts that he had created once markstrat what we think we do you know all people in suit and all pointing towards the board but what we actually do is just you know drinking and playing ludo so you know i think it's a little budget i yeah. think it's a little bit a lot like that. Like that yeah a lot like that and these guys they really seriously seem to believe that they are actually shaping the destiny of the country yeah. what oh, by the way yeah, uh, to those listening if you actually think that we are going to give you any insights on the budget <laughs> then you come to the wrong place in any case you probably read every editorial anyway and you realize that there's nothing in it for tax for yeah. the tax payers so might as well stop listening if you are actually looking for any tips four like and a half yeah, things yeah, yeah yeah so we are basically just going to talk yeah. random stuff yeah. about the budget but still i mean one is duty bound to talk since you're exactly. talking about yeah, the budget yeah. one has to talk about you know this the first low trick that uh, many people feel that arun jetli pulled was taxing of the employee provident fund right yeah, so there's a lot of uh, flack around that isn't it even the ministry yeah. had to, uh, to put on a tweet saying whoa, whoa, whoa hold on hold on we are going to put up an faqs list yeah, faqs list yeah yeah, yeah. So basically, what they did, and there are okay, there are contrary views. I think you should start off by explaining what a provident oh, yeah, yeah. fund is. Not everybody is so basically savvy like you. every month you pay twelve percent into your employee provident fund, and your employer contributes a like amount. <laughs> that sound you hear, Narain, is the people all over India saying, "What? <laughs> <laughs> When did that happen?" <laughs> no, that that it's compulsory for all companies with more than twenty employees. You have to the employer and the employee have to contribute to the. 
employee uh, provident front, fund yeah. and uh, this is sort of the, it's the employer responsibility to cut it so you yeah. know the employee and the, doesn't uh, and, have and what's the funder of the provident fund uh, employer provident fund it's basically to set up a retirement corpus for you right correct yeah. yeah so basically you know when you're finally out of the out of the job know, market are, yeah. and and um, and this goes at a good interest rate every year 8 point yeah. something percent point right something, yeah. yeah so the the scene was that it was not taxed when you are paying in that right. at the entry yeah it was not taxed when you are earning so you know when when your money gets deducted and credited that you get a deduction in your tax right. so you don't have to pay tax on the money right. that so you so it's entirely paying. tax free entry Correct. as well as exit then when you earn interest on that yeah. that is tax free as well that right. interest is not taxed right. and earlier mm. till till now as opposed to something like a fixed deposit or equity where you have to pay tax correct. on your gains on right? your gains yeah. so this was tax free there and when you finally take the money out that was tax free as well right and that was a deal till this budget and now they are going to tax the withdrawal so when you finally take your money out mm. and then sort of the finance minister said okay there's one more knob i'd like to twiddle and he said only 60% of it will be taxed right uh for you know uh, on withdrawal and people did the numbers okay and uh, wiser people than me have done the numbers and they right. feel that this now becomes lower than the real rate of inflation so it's it's not much of a retirement benefit any longer mm. that is the complaint against it okay and uh there was a lot of uh, really inflamed discussion about this over twitter yeah so the preferred you know, the, channel yeah, for outreach yeah but it it does seem to make so because the minister of state for finance jain sena he came he he announced on twitter that there are going to be a lot of clarification so yeah. evidently you know yeah. uh, one thing i've heard i don't know how sure this is and i'm sure this will be clarified by the time uh, uh, you guys are listening to this is that the 40% you can withdraw which will be tax free yeah. yeah and the remaining 60% you actually have the option of by of putting it back into an instrument which is going to pay you a tax free that annuity. is what clarifications are yeah, rated yeah. on so you yeah. if you if it gives you an annuity Yeah then that's, that's fine that's not fine. a lump sum or something yeah so that's why it, yeah. it makes sense because you get something every year so annuity is basically something you get once every year correct so, so overseas uh, and uh, so basically after 60 or uh, after 60 uh, an annuity is something that you get once a year it's a little bit like sex too close to the truth <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay. so yeah. yeah so he uh, you know uh, He did the usually raise the taxes on cigarettes, yeah, which is a bit low if you ask yeah, oh, me. Uh, it, it was fun following the ITC uh, stock price. Actually, yeah. people first like, oh shit, no, no, like as the stock price crashed, and then they realized, oh, okay, it's only for so many <laughs> centimeters on these. So we are fine. <laughs> so it went short right back up. <laughs> Hilarious. Uh, okay, let's cut to the chase, Narit. If you have ever been, uh, you're an MBA, hmm. and I'm sure you sat for plenty of uh, pre-placement talks and stuff like that. Hmm. Um, there is only one thing everybody in that room cares about hmm. how much are you going to pay me absolutely yeah. Yeah. doesn't the, the the 50 slides of hr speak hmm. and what our offices look like and hmm. what opportunities and these are the five alumni you have doesn't make nobody cares a rats ass for that absolutely everybody just hmm. wants to get to how much am i going to get paid and i feel the same way about the budget because screw how much is going to be put for electrification and rural and all that just tell me how it's going to affect my tax yeah. that's basically why people the middle class listens to uh, the budget so any any luck there for us uh, are we going to save more a little uh, for house rent uh, allowance 
you know, for, mm. for people who pay rent paying uh, yeah. SSEs, you know, the deduction for rent payers has been increased f- to 60,000 from 24,000. Oh, per month? That's awesome. <laughs> That's for, per annum. Per exactly, annum. Yeah. So 60,000 by 12 is what? 5,000. 5, who pays the rent of 5,000 anymore <laughs> in Bombay? Really cool. <laughs> I don't know if the, the I, I know, there are, there, are, there are societies where parking charges are more than that. Yeah, yeah so yeah. Uh, sorry if we sounded a little too SCCA about that. <laughs> yeah. We both live in the northern suburbs. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I'm guessing it will benefit some part of the population. Yeah, uh, something is better than nothing. Something is better than nothing, yeah. but I'm guessing uh, most people listening to this podcast um, mm-hmm. won't be affected by that. Yeah. And then there is this 87A thing, which is like if you earn less than 5 lakh rupees, then you have a, you know, your rebate goes from 2,000 to 5,000. So, mm. On on the lower side, he's done a he's done a bid, so which yeah. is which is kind, which is nice. So it's and basically a pro poor budget uh, yeah, in that in that he's, sense, he's, he's, which uh, they needed, uh, which yeah. I guess the BJP needed a bit of an image. I read an article somewhere saying this is more a Modi budget rather than a Jaitley budget, where he was, you know, oh. yeah. So mm. uh, yeah, I guess I guess so. I mean, he 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 wasn't exactly sending out the right message, uh, traveling everywhere and being seen as very investor friendly and things. Yeah. So I guess this so was they on were the basically cards, pretty uh, much on the cards. I uh, guess. Sort of, you know, rich people their taxes have increased a little yeah. bit. So well, that's that's more or less all that there is about yeah. the budget. It's so not absolutely, you know, it's there are fascinating things that are not fascinating. Yeah. So, so, I, yeah. A, uh, so uh, I put together, I'll put together a few things. other yeah. points about the budget. Uh, I'm sure everybody knows them, but uh, let's just go through them and see whether we can make any sense out of them. Uh, there is a focus on rural economy and growth. Um, mm. What uh, the, what the FM has the honourable FM has said is that he wants to double agricultural income by 2022, mm. and Sidin on Twitter uh, said the only possible way to do that is to reduce the number of farmers. Uh, what else? A lot of focus on road infrastructure, uh, full connectivity of all eligible habitations. So mm-hmm. I think finally Andheri East is going to get <laughs> connected uh, to proper Andheri roads. West, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but mm-hmm. a lot of money, almost a one lakh crore uh, being put behind uh, making roads. That's that's a lot. They, uh, Nitin Kadkari had some target in mind, like twenty-five kilometers per yeah. day or something, something of that sort. I have mixed feelings about this. Though. I haven't really thought it through. So. Mm. But, That's okay, uh, nothing we say on this podcast ever is. <laughs> but uh, roads per se is not that great, right? You mm-hmm. also need to do something about public transport. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think that, yeah. Should, that should be the uh, emphasis, uh, yeah. public transport more than anything Everyone else. just seems to be thinking of people who drive uh, in cars. I mean, cars. Just every, everyone wants yeah. to make flyovers. No, maybe make, they are also thinking about rural roads connectivity in that sense no even uh, rural roads you have roads going from point a to point b and very few buses so i i, I recently went uh, to okay. one place in uh, in central maharashtra and they have they still have a bus once a day they just wow. that's it that's yeah. that's that's that's, that's yeah. kind of sad uh, apparently for small businesses there's tax simplification so there is a provision where you can declare just 8% of your turnover as taxable income and this uh, used to be for companies whose turnover was 1 crore now it's increased to uh, 2 crores mm-hmm. uh, what else a lot of emphasis on job creation can you do you have any idea what GST is I have no idea except I know that the Rajya Sabha is blocking it that's oh, all yeah. I know so you know uh, indirect taxation in this country is basically two kinds so there yeah. is uh, excise duty which is levied by the center yeah and there is sales tax which is levied by the state now right. okay. called value added tax and uh, like when when goods travel from state to state mm-hmm. there is always a big problem okay of giving credits okay 
and which is why they have check posts. It, it's it's a long subject. So basically, oh. what you know, since since I have a factory and we face this problem every time, if I send material from Maharashtra to Gujarat, it it takes a long time. I have to apply for a uh, form, and then I have to get that clearance, and then it has to go to the you know uh, the checkpoint, and then those forms forms have to be given, and somebody comes long and checks the board. So in order to eliminate all that. In order to eliminate everything that would hinder the free movements of, of movement of goods within the country hmm. without actually resulting in a revenue loss, they, oh, one yeah, so they thought they would have one general standardized rule, uh, uh, standardized tax called hmm. the GST, and uh, this is uh, you know you can take a credit for it. So that's sure. uh, that that's how excise works. That's hmm. how VAT works. So if I sell you a piece of uh, equipment and there's 10% right. uh, VAT on that and you sell it to someone else yeah. and I sell it for 100 you sell it for 200 rupees you only have to pay the extra 10 okay. because you get a credit for the 10 you paid to me oh, that, okay. that's the okay. case so with, when GST comes all the all the duties, taxes, everything, mm. all the indirect taxation. Sounds like a pretty damn good idea. Why is why would anyone be opposed to it apart from political they, reasons? Of course, I understand they are uh, not opposed in principle, just in practice, ah, uh, which reminds reasons. me of yeah, yes, Prime Minister again. He's against telling uh, you know. He says, "Are you against giving information to anyone? Not in uh, principle, <laughs> but in practice. Yeah, <laughs> in practice, he's against giving information to anyone. Okay. So, this this is." Uh, uh, a lot of pigheadedness, I suspect, mm. on both sides. Uh, they don't want to give and take. Congress sure. wants ceiling of 18%. These people mm. don't want to agree to that. They want some goods out of the purview of uh, alcohol has to be purview or out of purview and things like that. All right. So it will be on the whole probably a good thing if the GST comes soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, and uh, the other things in the budget, uh, a lot of spending for the social sector, something that's been criticized before, the lack thereof. Um, and one line stood out for me. There's going to be a lot of... Uh, there are going to be a lot of centers that are going to help with dialysis for renal trouble hmm. because apparently a large, that affects a large part of the population. And uh, I suppose uh, that's going to affect people who want to buy apple because uh, you will have to sell your kidney. So, <laughs> not too much talk on divestment as usual. Uh, black money, uh, there is now going to be a 30% tax, a 7.5% penalty and a 7.5% uh, agricultural surcharge mm-hmm. uh, they're calling it one important thing and I don't know how uh, uh, I, I don't know whether this has too many ramifications uh, it sounds interesting from an ex-civic student point of view there is not going to be a classification in terms of plan and non-plan expenditure many people are saying this is a good thing mm-hmm. they have yeah, uh, I mean, pl- plan expenditure is a bunch of nonsense anyway so yeah. they had they used to have uh, uh, you know the central plans and Things like that. None of them were really ever implemented in mm. any respect, and then that would keep getting in the way of non-plan expenditure, which was like more immediate and more urgent and intended to solve more, you know, immediate problems. And these guys would say, "No, no, plan expenditure, non-plan." So now, I think the distinction is gone. Anyway, the whole concept of planning is. Basically okay. on its way out. So. Interesting. Okay. Mm. And lastly, uh, just I just saw this interesting line that summed up the uh, budget. Uh, I forget which uh, uh, newspaper this is from, but they basically called it the gas power sadak 
uh, budget. And he said, since given Modi's uh, fascination for abbreviations, he should just call this a GPS budget, the new type of GPS for India. So yeah, that's about it. Uh, so I'm going to put you to sleep. Uh, the budget usually tends to do that. Uh, I, I think uh, Pranab Mukherjee's budget was uh, one of the longest budgets uh, that was ever that was longest that was ever presented mm-hmm. one fascinating thing about this year's budget uh, there were no handouts that were given so it was mm-hmm. the first e budget that was uh, presented in india oh so good. yeah mm-hmm. uh, there's something else about the budget that I'm, oh yes which links back to uh, okay darin uh, what are the two things that we spoke about that happened on 29th of uh, feb the budget and just before that the leap year that's right can you mm-hmm. connect the two Great. Apart from the fact that it happened on <laughs> leap year, of course, leap of imagination. <laughs> nice try. Mm-hmm. Uh, Morarji Desai was the only uh, finance minister to mm-hmm. present the budget on his birthday, and that was twice. Wow! Yeah, mm-hmm. a little bit of random uh, trivia that you can use in a <coughs> bar fight somewhere. Mm-hmm. All right, we are going to take a much-needed break, and we are going to come back and look at a few interesting little words, perhaps. And we're back um, for etymologies this time. We are going. To, we thought we'd just look at the word budget itself. Uh, the word budget was actually derived from the Middle English uh, baguette, which came from French baguette, which uh, in turn is uh, a diminutive of bog, b-o-u-g-e, meaning a leather bag. And it came into practice, uh, if I remember correctly, when the uh, exchequer of the uh, uh, when the chancellor of the exchequer, yeah, that's right. The mm. chancellor of what a grand title! I would walk yeah, around yeah. saying I'm, I'm the chancellor of the exchequer or something like that. I mean, so he, also, I, I mean, who the exes does the check? Right? It's like <laughs> sounds like a cool job. I'm gonna check your ex, man. <laughs> I'm the exchequer. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so it happened uh, that he used to uh, present the annual statement. Uh, the annual financial statement and for this he used to open his budget mm. you know budget being the leather, leather bag. bag so okay. that's how it then became uh, mm. budget uh, by the way uh, the union budget of India's full Christian name is <clears throat> the annual financial statement in article 112 of the constitution of India Wow! yeah mm-hmm. full Christian name and now I want to talk about an interesting article that I read recently Narayan mm-hmm. and I'm sure this is a website that you have known and possibly uh, admire or loathe mm-hmm. uh, is a site called BuzzFeed. Have oh, you yes. heard about it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, 15 the things list, that 10 best things. Yeah, 15, yeah, yeah. Amazing things that will blow your mind, mm-hmm. etc. So, there's a nice magazine called Fast Company. They mm-hmm. do a lot of interesting uh, profiling of companies and stuff. Uh, they ranked it as the number one innovative company in the world mm-hmm. uh, in their last episode. Uh, now, uh, in, the, in their last issue. It's a company, now that's interesting because this is a company that has been laughed off by traditionalists and even many internet uh, gurus. Mm-hmm. In fact, when BuzzFeed started, they themselves never took themselves seriously. They called themselves the Board at Work Network. <laughs> Their initial USP was to ca- create content that people who are bored at work would consume. Well, the genius of BuzzFeed really comes from their understanding of the social graph and the internet. And I think they have understood it more than anybody else. The speed with which they adapt and change is 
just fascinating. For example, in 2014, they figured that people didn't want to leave the social platform that they were on, be it Facebook or Twitter or uh, Snapchat or in Russia, there's hmm. WeContact, uh, China, whatever else. So they just brought the content to these platforms. Everybody else wanted people to exit Facebook and go to you know their websites where BuzzFeed said, hey, you guys stay there, we'll come bring hmm. our content to you. And the way they did this was they made sure they tailored it. Hmm. You know, so for Instagram, they would make sure that they had images. For Snapchat, they would have a separate type of content. So uh, the same idea would be repurposed, say, 10, 15 times for various channels. I thought that is, it sounds like a very simple thing to do, but it actually takes a lot of effort to do this. And today, 2016, 5 billion views of this. They have 5 billion views monthly. Let us think in 5 billion views across all channels. Half of those comes from video, Hmm. a platform that did not exist for BuzzFeed two years ago. I think that's absolutely yeah. fa- it's, uh, it's amazing. They have all sides, uh, types of properties. So BuzzFeed is not just BuzzFeed, the, the, the page, the website. They have channels for a lot of interest. So, for example, one of the most popular pages is called Tasty. Mm. Which you know have has one minute quick recipes, you know, quick shots. Mm. It looks very nice. It's very well produced. It's not the typical, uh, you know. Ha, now I am going to break an egg mm. and I'm going to put it in the bowl and I'm mm. going to whip it. Not that it's very quick, action-packed cut with supers coming on the side. Very nice stuff. Um, so. They have, like I said, they have grown massively. The only things that have grown faster than BuzzFeed in uh, the last two years are Delhi's pollution levels and Donald Trump's ego. (laughs) Uh, 75% of their views still comes uh, from outside the website itself. So just imagine, BuzzFeed is one of the largest websites in the world, yet out of these 5 billion views that I spoke about, 75% of the views comes from outside, outside BuzzFeed.com. Yeah. So no one visits uh, yeah. the BuzzFeed now, website. Yeah. Uh, when you say no one, that's 80 million people that we're talking about. 80 yeah. million people still visit. This is that 25%. And that is larger than the traffic of New York Times. Wow. Yeah, that's how huge <laughs> the platform is. BuzzFeed is also one thing that many other startups are not. Solvent? Uh, profitable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, I don't. I don't know enough of finance to know whether you gave me a right answer <laughs> over there. Oh, a lot but of these anyway. people, yeah, actually, yeah, profitable. A lot uh, of them are solvent because their uh, idiot VCs are still pumping. Yeah, in yeah, money. exactly. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I, these guys had some uh, uh, funding from Anderson Horowitz, so who are mm. those guys? Oh, but they are they mm. are very profitable. Mm. Um, and I'll just get into the, the profitability a little more. A few other interesting statistics. All these are there in the article that uh, I will share. Uh, the, the link of which I will share in the in the. Uh, description of this episode. Um, One thing BuzzFeed does really well is data. Hmm. They not just churn out content. So they have understood the internet really well. Okay. Uh, So two things. One, the way they create content and the one uh, and two, the way they use data. In terms of creating content, if you notice, they don't create content that that tailors to everybody. Hmm. What they will do is they will pick up specific segments of the audience and tailor certain reactions. Like, for example, they will create content like 10 things that you will have learned, uh, uh, 10 things that only a person with South Indian parents will will go through. Hmm. Now, that might alienate a lot of people, but the people who resonate with that that will resonate with it so strongly that they will go on sharing it. Hmm. Similarly, 10 problems that you will face if you have a twin. 
Now, a lot of people are alienated by 90% of people are alienated by that. But the remaining 10% who actually identify with that will share it so much saying, yes, this is exactly what I go through on a daily basis. And I really like this. It's a very interesting uh, it's way a very, of, yeah. It's a very interesting, different approach. And uh, to me, I work in advertising. I've learned a lot from their content creation strategy. Don't try to create one type of content that appeals to just 10% of everybody. Mm-hmm. Instead, it's better to create one piece of content that alienates 10 people, but, you know, uh, gets... 80% of two people. Yeah. You know, I think that's a, that's a, that's a really good uh, uh, way of approaching it. So they have content for cat lovers and people who have stayed in a particular city or people who are fans of a particular band or stuff like that. I think that's, uh, that's a really good uh, way of creating content. In fact, their head of video, there's a mm. guy called Zay Frank, mm. who is a YouTube legend. Mm. Uh, Zay Frank, has, I mean, he has a certain monotone style of delivery. which is absolutely fantastic. And he heads their video division. He is an absolute genius. So he's got a 52,000 square foot setup mm. just for BuzzFeed, mm. where he cranks out about 60 videos a week. Wow. Imagine the 60 videos and these videos range from very short Instagram videos all the way to slightly more uh, slightly lengthier videos and they have done a lot of stuff for brands every week week on week Insane. That's that's insane. That's insane. Uh, Zay Frank under his watch has seen some seven thousand videos come out of BuzzFeed. It's mm-hmm. amazing. And if you see the way they do this, for example, uh, they have been so they've done work for a lot of brands. They've done work for uh, Ford. They've done work for GE. Lots of brands. One of my favorite examples is this video series that they've done for this cat food brand called Friskies. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, owned by Purina, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's basically a series called Dear Kitten where a sage elder cat is giving the kitten advice. And it's very damn cute. And it always ends with the product friskies being shown. Mm -hmm. It's so amazingly beautiful. And the advice is something on life. Yeah, yeah. Advice is something on life. It's Mm -hmm. like, uh, for one example was... uh, what to do when all the adults are sitting and watching Super Bowl. Now, he doesn't call it Super Bowl. Mm. He'll say, one day every year, all these people in some mm. robed uniform will come in and sit. Mm. Uh, and uh, suddenly, light will come from that light box, from the mm. moving pictures box. Uh, so it's, it's damn funny. It's very well shot. And it's just content that's tailored for the, for the internet. Uh, I think uh, they're doing a fantastic job with respect to content creation. So that's one part. The second part is data. They have an entire team that analyzes data, what, they have their own proprietary metrics in terms of how to measure data, how to see how it's getting shared. In fact, they can even say if you have picked up an article from Twitter and have shared it on Facebook, right? Mm. So they have all sorts of analytics that are going deep. They know how to then target content to you and stuff like that. Uh, they do a lot of you know uh, psychology research and uh, stuff like that. And they know that the content strategy will have to vary across countries. So they have actually done that. So yeah, they, yeah, I know there is a BuzzFeed yeah. India. Yeah, yeah, there is a BuzzFeed India. If you see the type of content that they put up here is very, very different from the type yeah. of stuff that goes out in the... That's incredibly yeah. wise of them. I mean, it's, it's a wisdom which few, which uh, very American few people sites have. Exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, in fact, there's this is a very endearing story, uh, which is called the Orange Tree Story. Hmm. So basically what happened is there's an American who lost his iPhone when he was traveling to China. China. Hmm. And uh, then later he had come back to the US and he had suddenly seen his uh, this his Apple backup or something. Hmm. And he was going through his photos all taken from his new iPhone and suddenly he sees a photo of a Chinese guy standing next to an orange tree. <laughs> and he's like, this guy has my this guy has my uh, uh, this guy has my iPhone. So then uh, he posted this on Reddit or something, one of those uh, communities, and 
people in China okay and then BuzzFeed picked up the story <coughs> and then posted it on the Chinese version of Twitter which is Sina Weibo mm-hmm. and over there the Chinese people just rallied to find this guy and finally they found him he was very apologetic he said I found your phone and all that mm-hmm. these guys connected the guy actually flew from Los Angeles or wherever he was to China these guys were greeted by a mob of reporters wow. when uh, they when they landed uh, and then they they were treated like gods people came gave them gifts uh, asked them to kiss their babies they toured like around the country for some 7 8 days it's insane <laughs> and uh, all because of busfeet is one of the most fascinating stories that i've seen coming out of coming out of busfeet yeah so the world is so, changing yeah. in ways so yeah, yeah. so, so yeah um, busfeet are a, a company that i admire a lot in terms of what they've done for the internet and they've obviously spawned a lot of clones mm-hmm. right uh, um, some are Uh, like in india we have scoop whoop mm-hmm. uh, in the us there are many like this upworthy which is uh, to my mind yeah. a lot of rubbish bus busfeed yeah. another thing that busfeed interestingly does is uh, long form reporting also mm. i don't know if you've seen too much of this but they actually have a team of journalists that actually does long form reporting mm-hmm. and we may think of oh, busfeed haha <laughs> they'll be like rubbish mm. journalism but it's actually very good points of view so i think it's uh, they're diversifying it's uh, is good to see it. and uh, i think they're uh, the ceo is a uh, is quite is quite a guy and uh, i'll share the link of the article fast company is definitely worth a read mm-hmm. uh, and in fact the entire magazine was worth a read because it's a 50 innovative company so this is just number one all of the others are also uh, a good read as well uh, so that's all that we have actually for you this uh, episode yes uh, i hope i hope you guys are enjoying it as much as we are making yeah yeah, yeah. We we are, making actually it. actually we don't yeah. even care if anyone's listening we just have you got great fun <laughs> yeah Uh, yeah, so cheerios and yeah. have a great week. Bye bye, and don't let the budget bite. <laughs>